0: I'm Monsignor Bill Parent, pastor of St. Elizabeth Church, and you're listening to the St. Elizabeth Church podcast. This episode is one of five talks from our 2022 Lenten series entitled, The Radical Call of Laudato Si. Laudato Si is Pope Francis's 2015 encyclical letter on the environment. Here is the first talk of this series by yours truly, recorded live on Tuesday, March 8th. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came to be through him, and without him, nothing came to be. What came to be through him was life, and this life was the light of the human race. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. A man named John was sent from God. He came for testimony, to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came to be through him. But the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, but his own people did not accept him. But to those who did accept him, he gave power to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not by natural generation, nor by human choice, nor by a man's decision, but of God. And the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and we saw his glory, the glory as of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks for taking. The time tonight to pray and hope for the gift, God's gift, of creation. The Radical Call of Laudato Si. That title for this Lenten series, I must confess, was my own brainchild. And I'll admit in a way it's probably not a great because it sounds really 21st century churchy in a bad way, <laughs> and it's also easily misunderstood. On the other hand, in Laudato Si' itself, Pope Francis himself says that, I quote, the ecological crisis is a summons to profound interior conversion. So the Pope called it a summons to profound interior conversion, and I called it, I shortened it, <laughs> to a radical call. Either way, we encounter the same twofold problem of churchiness and misunderstanding. Allow me to address the latter problem as a way of at least mitigating the problem of churchiness, which we probably can't avoid completely because, well, we are in church. Ultimately, I would argue that the problem with misunderstanding the title of our series reflects the the much larger problem of potentially, anyway, misunderstanding Laudato Si' itself. It's almost seven years old now, and I would argue it is still one of the most misunderstood and underappreciated papal documents of recent memory. Having read the whole thing myself more than once, I can't help wonder if many commentators, including, forgive me for saying so, some of our bishops, have really read the whole thing. They seem to try to force Laudato Si into some pre existing political agenda that's not quite of Laudato Si. But if my opinion on this aspect of Laudato Si is not sufficient for you, then please come to hear our Holy Hour talk next week by Professor Thomas Hibbs of Baylor University. His talk based on his upcoming book from uh, University of Notre Dame Press presents a corrective approach to interpreting Laudato Si. Now if you're wondering why he's coming here all the way from Texas, well, basically because we have been friends for going on 40 years now. But that's not the only reason I have invited him to speak to us. I believe his insights into Laudato Si are important, and they have certainly influenced my own understanding over the years. Tonight, I'm going to try to identify the problem of the widespread misunderstanding of Laudato Si, and then I'm going to begin establishing a a better framework for understanding it. It will only be a beginning we've got a long ways to go our following three holy hours will continue this corrective understanding this corrective framework and then in our last holy hour of the series i'll provide a brief summary of where we've been in the first four talks and propose what we might do to answer this radical call of laudato si Now, Laudato Si is the most comprehensive papal document focusing on the challenges of environmentalism and climate change. To the degree that we pay attention to Laudato Si at all, and the fact that you're here tonight speaks well of you and that you do pay attention to it, but let's be honest, a lot of the world does not. To the degree that we pay attention to it, most of us interpret it through whatever lens we already interpret environmentalism and climate change. I would argue that this Pre existing lens, whatever, wherever it may be from, whatever its nature, that this is the source of the widespread misunderstanding of Laudato Si. Whether we lean left or right politically, most of us interpret environmentalism as a combination of. Technology and societal practices that science has determined would be good for the environment. And there's certainly truth in this, it's not all wrong. So, when we think of environmentalism, we think of good things like wind and solar energy, recycling. LED lighting, like the lights above you in church here, electric cars, mass transit, veganism, and good terms like renewable, sustainable, and net zero CO2 emissions. On the negative side of this standard environmentalist ledger are things like oil, Coal, gas, single-use plastics, internal combustion engines, eating meat, and greenhouse gases. Those of us who lean left politically tend to embrace the good stuff on this list, while those of us who lean right politically tend to be more tolerant of the negative stuff. Either way, the framework is essentially the same. Environmentalism is primarily a combination of technology and societal practices. And within this really shared framework, it's very common on right and left, those who lean left are overjoyed that Pope Francis has written an encyclical endorsing all of this good environmental stuff. The radical call of Laudato Si from this point of view sounds great. It sounds like it's saying we ought to have much more aggressive public policies promoting this environmental good stuff. On the other hand, those who lean right beg to differ and dismiss Laudato Si, or at least parts of it, as yet another example of unrealistic environmentalist propaganda. The radical call of Laudato Si, from this perspective, is the way environmentalists speak all the time. Because everything related to climate change is a crisis calling for radical change. In short, the response to Laudato Si depends almost entirely on what we already personally believed about environmentalism 15 minutes before we had ever heard of Laudato Si, whether we lean left or right politically. Blinded by preconceptions, both sides, I would argue, are missing Pope Francis' ultimate point. The radical call of Laudato Si is not primarily about environmental technology and practices. The radical call of Laudato Si' is about Christ. Here might be a good time for us to turn to tonight's gospel passage, the prologue to John's gospel, which Pope Francis explicitly cites in Laudato Si'. Of the four gospels, John's is the great cosmic gospel. None of the other gospels begins with the creation of the universe. John's does by echoing the great first line of creation in Genesis. In the beginning. Now listen to the opening two lines of the book of Genesis. In the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form or shape, with darkness over the abyss, and a mighty wind sweeping over the waters. Mighty wind is a rather weak translation into English. It's not wrong, it just glosses over a lot. A more literal translation for mighty wind would be a wind of God or even a spirit of God. The Hebrew word behind wind in our translation is ruach, which could be translated equally correctly as wind or spirit or even breath. And so we might hear these opening lines as follows. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form or shape, with darkness over the abyss, and God's spirit, God's breath, sweeping over the waters. Hold that image in your mind. God's breath sweeping over the waters in creation. I'm gonna come back to it in the last talk of this series as we go, as we jump ahead almost to the end of John's Gospel from the beginning where we are tonight. Pope Francis spends the entire second chapter of Laudato Si developing an explicitly Christian understanding of the environment, the world, creation. Here, he cites, in this chapter, he cites creation in Genesis as well as this prologue to John's Gospel. And he offers this observation, and I quote, in the Christian understanding of the world, The destiny of all creation is bound up with the mystery of Christ, present from the beginning. Here, Francis is reminding us that the mystery of Christ as Logos, the divine word present in all eternity, that He is present as the source and also as the destiny of all creation. And we cannot understand our proper relationship to creation apart from this Logos. And this Logos is incarnate now as the Eucharist. I realize that from a certain perspective offering reflections on La C si in the context of Eucharistic adoration might seem ill-suited. They, they may not seem like they fit very well together. Adoration being a kind of pious overlay to our real-world environmental problems. But Pope Francis himself sees the Eucharist as, as being at the heart of our radical call to conversion. Here's what he says. Bear with me. I'm going to quote him at some length. And this is number 236, so we're getting closer to the end of Laudato Si. This is the part people don't make it to. It's too far in. It is the Eucharist that all has been created finds its greatest exaltation. Grace, which tends to manifest itself tangibly, found unsurpassable expression when God himself became man and gave himself as food for his creatures. The Lord, in the culmination of the mystery of the Incarnation, chose to reach our intimate depths through a fragment of matter. He comes not from above, but from within. He comes that we might find him in this world of ours. In the Eucharist, fullness Is already achieved. It is the living center of the universe, the overflowing core of love and inexhaustible life. Joined to the incarnate Son present in the Eucharist, the whole cosmos gives thanks to God. Indeed, the Eucharist is itself an act of cosmic love. And then, picking up a few lines later, still in number 236. Thus, the Eucharist is also a source of light and motivation for our concerns for the environment, directing us to be stewards of all creation. Now, I I realize this may all seem a little abstract at this point. We'll try to give flesh to the Lord's flesh over our next four holy hours. At this point, I would merely highlight the importance of understanding the radical call of Laudato Si as centered on Christ, who is incarnate as the Eucharist. There's no better place for us to hear this radical call than in adoration of the Eucharist. Here, the whole cosmos gives thanks to God. Through Christ, we understand, we have come to understand that the best term for the environment around us is an explicitly Christian term, creation. Creation entrusted to us by God as creator. A gift that has God-given meaning and purpose. Through Christ, we have come to understand that Care for this gift is not optional or an afterthought for Christians, but rather is an essential part of our Christian discipleship. Through Christ, we understand that though we have sinned in our failures to care for the gift of creation, Christ still offers forgiveness for these sins, But as with all of God's mercy, accepting forgiveness calls for atonement and change. Though the radical call of Laudato Si, as I have argued, is centered on Christ, our response inevitably involves both science and politics. And much of Laudato Si contains Pope Francis' summary of important scientific and political aspects of environmentalism and the common good, especially with regards to the poor. And all of this is very important and certainly would be part of any authentic Christian response to the radical call of Laudato Si, But Pope Francis also admits the Church's and ultimately his own limits in addressing matters of science and politics, matters that will inevitably change over time. Here's what he says, and I quote again. There are certain environmental issues where it is not easy to achieve a broad consensus. Here, I would state once more that the Church does not presume to settle scientific questions or to replace politics. But I am concerned to encourage an honest and open debate so that particular interests or ideologies will not prejudice the common good. An honest, open debate. In my opinion, and you are certainly free to disagree, that seems harder today than when Laudato Si was published almost seven years ago. For a litany of reasons that we don't have time to delve into tonight, much of our science has been distorted by our politics. And our politics have been distorted by corruption among our elites that has diminished trust in our institutions. And here I would certainly include the Catholic Church. Post-scandals 2.0, post-Trump, post-anti-Trump, post-COVID, post-Russian invasion of the Ukraine, honest and open debate seems very, very difficult. And yet we hope, not as the world hopes, but as Christians, our Christian hope for interior healing that will bear fruit in healing the gift of creation is what I would invite us all to pray for, for the remainder of this holy hour tonight, and really also for the remainder of this Lenten series. Thank you again for your time and your attention, and most of all, for your prayer tonight.